DJ PK, time to welcome in Greg Hansen, sports columnist for the Arizona Daily Star. He joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Greg, good morning. Hey, how you guys doing? I thought you might go skiing today. (laughs) (laughs) Go play golf. (laughs) Come down here, and we'll, we'll get a cheap time in the next 10 minutes. Absolutely, yes. There you go. <laughs> so we're curious right now if uh, people uh, who are Pac-12 fans are just getting tea times unconcerned about the future of the conference or if there's a lot of hand-wringing about the current state of affairs with uh, Colorado obviously losing a coach after just a year and getting his money doubled even though he had a losing record and exposure for the Pac-12 network and the long laundry list of things that people love to complain yeah. about when Larry Scott's name comes up. Yeah. Well, you know, what really struck me last week during the whole Colorado episode was that in a four-year period, Big 12 schools get $140 million more million over those four years in media rights money than the Pac-12 schools. And, I mean, that's – how do you ignore that? Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't think that you can. Uh, I think that you – have to look at it and see where is this going and where is it going to continue to go and what does this discrepancy mean for the conference and how can they overcome it? I mean, does it only mean they can build bigger and better buildings and pay more money to coaches? Does it go beyond that? Yeah, I think that's the issue. Yeah, yeah. it's going to have to go beyond that. But how can yeah. the conference get to where it wants to be in order to actually go beyond it? Well, the Arizona State president last week, Michael Crow, who's probably Larry Scott's only uh, backer, I know he said that um, um, wait till 2024, it's all going to change. And you know, I don't know if anybody believed that. Um, think suddenly in 2024 when the new media rights deal is done for the Pac-12 that suddenly Arizona and Utah are going to get $100 more million over a four-year period? I don't know. That I'll, I'll believe that when I see it. I looked at UCLA and Stanford home games this year and just wondered where the passion was for either one of those clubs. And to a large oh, degree, yeah. and to a large degree, you know, L.A. and San Francisco, that, that's where the people are. That's, that's what the money that's going to drive the Pac-12. But, you know, um, I've been traveling in the Pac-12 since 1980, and the first few times I went to football games at Stanford and UCLA, you know, and I was a newbie, I, I was wondering, wow, is this all they draw? And it, it never really changed. Maybe one or two years when UCLA had a Rose Bowl team late in the season, fans jumped on. And at Stanford, even in those terrific years under uh, Harbaugh and David Shaw, they had trouble drawing 50,000. So I'm kind of to the point where I think San Francisco and L.A. people aren't going to be college football fans. Yeah, I think, you know, I grew up down there in Phoenix myself, went to ASU. My first job, Greg, was at the Casa Grande Dispatch, if you could believe that. (laughs) (laughs) that's a great one yeah you remember actually you probably would remember her Lynn De Bruin oh very well Um, she she died didn't she yeah yeah, she came up here uh, working for Associated Press and uh, actually I think she was breast cancer and it it did it did unfortunately take her life but anyway she and I worked together 
at the Crasa Grand Dispatch in 1985, if you, if you can believe that. <laughs> That was a pretty talented. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I've been involved in this conference not professionally as long as you, but uh, having grown up in it, and you look at these teams, and you're right, the passion isn't there. And, and then I worked at the Salt Lake Tribune for a number of years and traveled around the country, and so yeah. you see the passion that exists in you know I've been to Death Valley, I've been to Michigan, Michigan State, Florida, blah blah blah, and you know you see the passion that exists in those other places and it's really nothing like uh you can compare it to in the west i mean maybe uh oregon and sc if it's got it going on against notre dame or something but i'm wondering is that something that money can make up because you can have all the money in the world but if you still hire the wrong people what difference does it make so do you think that if you had smart administrators hiring the right people that they can somewhat make up for the lack of finances, the lack of passion, and all the things that get in the way from the Pac-12 being able to be on par with these other Power Five conferences. Well, there's no better example than than Arizona because when they're good, and even when they were just average, you know they could draw fifty-five thousand in football, but they've hired three wrong coaches in the last twenty years. They hired coaches who had been fired from Texas, John McAvick, fired from Michigan, Rich Rodriguez, and now fired from Texas A&M, Kevin Sumlin. And they all had lost their, I mean, they were out of their prime years, and they come here and just went flat. And suddenly Arizona had the lowest attendance last year since 1975, which is unthinkable. Yeah. Because the community has gone from about 300,000 to 1.2 million. <laughs> and they had trouble getting 25,000 actual people in the seats last year. I mean, I think you nailed it. If you keep hiring the wrong guys like Arizona has, there's no end to it. And so, now they can't afford to pay off Kevin Sumlin. Yeah. So they're going to have another year where they draw 25,000. So really it comes down more than to having the right commissioner making the right decisions at the right time? and the right coaches doing the right thing, and this is really a people issue and we're focusing too much on the dollars. Boy, I think that's a huge part of it because, I mean, again, talking about Arizona, they could have hired um, Ken Nuiantololo, the Navy coach, who's just a wonderful human being, and he, how do you make a Navy into an 11-2 and program like they were last year and like they've been many years? He could have come here and rallied the whole community because he's a personality and um, instead, they went for the quote big name Kevin Sumlin, and, and he's detached, invisible, and so there's no buy-in. And I, I think it's like, I mean, Utah's got the perfect solution. I think with a Utah guy who works hard, totally bought in, everybody in the community knows him, and his recruiting is regular. Uh, he can punch it out with anybody, and to me, he's the prize catch in the entire league. Uh, and it shows because they get in the, the league and in eight years, they're as good as anybody. Yeah, I've, I've often said in some of these places, like like Tucson and, and certainly here at Utah, 
and uh, you, know, you can fill in the blank in some schools. They've, they're doing it now with Oregon State, with uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Smith, yeah. that it's important to get somebody who has a buy-in to the community, not somebody who's just looking for another job. And you bring up Rich Rod, you know, he had a little bit of success, and then he's looking to get out the door, and then it blows up on him. And so it not only do you not progress, but you set your program back X amount of years. So I believe it's important in these places that are a little bit off the beaten path to find guys who have a connection. So if they do well, they're more likely to stay. And Kyle Whittingham is the classic example because he's had multiple opportunities to leave. And now he's 60 years old. It doesn't look like he's going to go anywhere. And he's going to leave as the most successful coach in Utah history. Yeah, and you can't get a ticket to the games. They're expanding the stadium. There's excitement. He changed the whole identity of the Utah Athletic Department. Um, <laughs> what, how do you put a price tag on what he means to the school? This, I mean, and now Arizona State's really rising because they hired the right guy. Even though he's, you know, he's 65 years old, he comes from the NFL, but he hired all the right people and he engages the public. Um, and he's grooming his assistant coach. Um, Antonio appears to be his replacement. And the irony of that is Antonio Pierce played for Arizona, but the Arizona coaches weren't smart enough to hire him. <laughs> so do you think an all-out PR blitz would help that much? Because it does seem like coaches are really busy and they kinda, they're kind of they in their cocoon and they're not getting out and selling the program. And a lot of them will say, well, just win. That's what sells the program. Yeah. But you can't get out and sell it. And yet you say bring in – a personality like the Navy coach, then it would have had an impact in Tucson. Yeah, I don't know how busy they are in their own cocoon because they've got uh, 10 assistant coaches and, and about six analysts and um, so many operations directors that you tell me they can't afford to go out in the public and, and stir up interest. Arizona just sent out its spring football schedule, and Kevin Summon is available for media interviews three times in six weeks. I mean, that's that's just almost unprecedented. I mean, college football coaches should talk after every practice. They always have. But Kevin Sumlin talks three times in six weeks. Yeah, what's his deal, man? He's just not good enough to be that, uh, I don't know what you want to say, uh, unavailable, I guess. Yeah, well, Rich Rodriguez was just like that, too. He, you could tell he didn't like to be here. And he tried to get the South Carolina job, and when he didn't get it, he was just angry. And the program blew up, and he got fired, and they had to pay him $6 million to go away. And then they hired Kevin Sumlin, who had been paid $10 million to go away at Texas A&M, and they guaranteed him $10 million if they fired him here. So, <laughs> I mean, uh, certainly not a Utah situation. It's good to be a mediocre football coach. Huh? <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> he drives his white Porsche, you know, to practice, right, and parks it right against the gate. It's pretty funny. <laughs> so when we hear the Pac-12 can't get in the playoff and all that, we have people uh, tweeting at us, well, it really comes down to USC and Oregon and maybe Washington, because who else has really yeah. done much on a national level? Are you buying that, that the hand-wringing about the playoff really only applies to three schools and the other nine would be just over the moon to – to win a conference title? I, I guess looking at it at, at the surface, I would kind of agree with that, but then I see how close Utah came. Um, so you know it can be done. 
um, I would sure like to see, not just because I grew up in Utah, I'd sure like to see them Utah stay at that level and compete at the top. Um, I think it can be done from somebody other than USC and Oregon. I mean, obviously Stanford's been right on the, the edge. Um, I think Arizona State is, and people use this term way too often on them, a sleeping giant. <laughs> they've got a shot now. They, they really have. They have a terrific athletic director, and Herm Edwards is just a special guy. And they had a really strong recruit, recruiting class, so maybe you know they could edge up there. You speak of their athletic director, Ray Anderson. I was listening to him last week on a Phoenix sports radio station talking about after the Mel Tucker thing saying, yeah, the, we're just not going to go and pay those types of salaries because he got his salary doubled to go to Michigan State after going one season five and seven, and the conference isn't going to do that. I think to an extent he's talking out of both sides of his mouth because they did pay Todd Graham $10 million to go away, as you say, <laughs> yeah. and that's a lot of money. And so they bring in Herm. So they're basically going to pay two coaches. So it's in the millions, but they don't have the money to pay – uh, for that coach, but yet they are actually, in a sense, when you look yeah. at it. Um, but it's but he's going on. His point is, you know, we're a comprehensive athletic pro, uh, conference, and you know, Bill Walton with his conference of champions stuff that he says five trillion times because we all know yeah. being involved in the conference that they're really good in all those other sports. And do you think that that's somewhat of a cop out? Well, we haven't gone in the football playoff, but look at us over here. And so they're trying to trumping it up in the in the way that the big uh, big uh, twelve did when they were go. We just have one true champ. We play everybody before they got the approval to have the conference game. The point being that you just trump up what you have, and that's what they're doing. Uh, and I'm wondering how how well is that going to sit with the fan bases? Yeah, we're really good in women's tennis, but we have nobody ranked in the top ten in football. I don't think it works at all because, just for example, Arizona again. Arizona is now number eleven in women's basketball, and they've got about the best softball and women's golf and men's golf programs in the country. But I mean, who really cares? Right. Um, now, in a general sense, who cares? I know. What's funny? Team USA Olympic softball team was in Tucson last night, and then. You know, it's sold out way in advance, and they've got a new $8 million softball stadium. But it's funny, I talk to people around the community, and they go, it's just girls' softball. So it just befuddles me because Arizona's won eight national championships in softball. And I run into people all the time who don't even know who the, the coach is. Candrea. Yeah, Cat's a grand guy. I covered him at Central <laughs> Arizona College before he took over to go you, to to go to Tucson. You, I'm going to hear more about you on a golf course. <laughs> well, it just so happens Greg it brought just, it up. I know, I know, it does. I get it. His brother coached baseball at Washington in the Phoenix area, Washington High School. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I did. You know, Mike Andrea makes well over a million dollars every year in his total compensation. So it's. You know, those programs are relevant. Yeah. So what would you advise the Pac-12 to do to turn this around and shake off this, uh, I don't know, this uh, malaise that is uh, gripping, this this bad attitude that seems to be sweeping the conference? Do you think it's as simple as 
USC breaking through next year in football and Keaton Slovis being a you know a Heisman contender and suddenly everybody looks at the league differently. That mm, means <laughs> I I want to say yes, but that means that all this analysis and hang hand wringing by fans and yeah. experts is just you know people crazy and up in the night. But then I look at the Big Twelve and think, man, if Oklahoma fell apart, would everybody be saying the same thing about the Big Twelve? Well, that's a good point. That's a good point. That could happen pretty quickly if Oklahoma fell apart. So before we let you go, Greg, uh, you know I, I'm an ASU grad. I want to I want to be clean on come clear on that. And I got to yeah. admit, one of my simple pleasures in life is going on Twitter and typing in the name Sean Miller after the Wildcats lose a basketball game. And yeah. I'm I, 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 I have a perverse pleasure on that. Uh, and there's certainly a lot of animosity every time they lose if they happen to blow a 22-point lead, say, to Arizona State, which I didn't mind. But nevertheless, um, how much heat, if any, is that guy under? Um, huge. Because the NCAA notice of allegations is going to come at any time, and it could be pretty severe. He could get suspended. Um, it could blow up their recruiting class. And they could have, I don't know if he could survive. They owe him a ton of money. But, you know, to me, there's a real thing about the shelf life of college football coaches or college basketball coaches. And he's been here 11 years now. And, I mean, he's just a hard guy. He's a, you know, he's, yeah, he's just uh, comes across as angry all the time. And, and when he was winning, and he had about five just exceptional seasons in a row. He was the most loved guy in town, and now he's stumbled, and then they're under investigation, and it, it's all changing. He's got these one-and-done guys, and they're not quite good enough to take you you know, to the Elite Eight or anywhere. So how do you get out of this situation? They almost have to start over. Well, we'll leave it right there, Greg. We appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks a lot. Talk to you guys later. Greg Hansen, sports columnist for the Arizona Daily Star.